0: Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A reading from the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And finally, a reading from John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, and if there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take take you to myself so that where you are where i am you also may be and where i am going you know the way now thomas said to him master we do not know where you are going how can we know the way and jesus told him i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me um this is there there are always moments in ministry that you know are going to mark you for some time this is one of those moments that uh has over the the time that we have spent and we have spent some time preparing for today um this is just a a family and a story and a situation that cannot help but touch any heart that is human which mine happens to be and and so it's just going to be one of those moments that uh y'all will reside with me for quite some time and i think it's Say that. Um, and it's because of that, in, in large part, that uh, as we were wrestling with the music, and, and wrestling is sort of a mild word for what we did with the music. I think we had, I don't know, roughly 7,000 songs or other things that we talked about that might have been appropriate for today. And, um, you know, I started as a pastor typically might with, well, here's what's in the hymnal. And I think in classic family for anyone or fashion for anyone who's related to Roberts having gotten to know him for y'all, you know, it makes sense that we said, yeah, there's a hymnal, but there's this other stuff. And and so I did something that I might not tell many of my colleagues, but I think ended up being very appropriate, which was I we I sang Imagine and Hallelujah. Hallelujah is a song that makes a lot of sense for a funeral. But to, but to begin with a, as a hymn, a song that says, imagine there's no heaven, no hell below us, imagine there's no religion. I mean, that, on, in a lot of circumstances, would seem weird. A lot of pastors would say no. However, it, it really sort of made sense in this situation because one of the things that I, I learned about this family is this is a family who engages, not just mystery, but also approaches things that are important from a really odd way. And I wanted to share with you all something that would not have happened had I not done it this way with this family, which is uh, putting the song Imagine up against the song Hallelujah. Now, John Lennon is a thinker. John Lennon is someone who, with the Beatles, wrote some of the greatest music, yada, 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 we all know this, right? But song, Imagine, just because uh, we used to call ourselves a new hippie revival in college, and so Imagine was a song that was part of our repertoire whenever we played music parties. And we, uh, you know, I always thought of it as a really interesting song, because to me, in that context, as a younger person, when I heard that song, I thought to myself, wow, imagine of all these things that divided us, all these things that stand between us, all these things that that just caused extra baggage and junk to be in our way. What if all of these were taken away and all of a sudden we could just be one happy bunch of people? And that's a wonderful idea until you meet any people, at all, anywhere under any circumstance. Because I don't care if you all share the most common thing you can share, if you're like a Latvian heritage or a Lutheran heritage or have the same parents, I have never seen anybody fight like siblings fight and they are about the most similar as any group of people can possibly get. We don't need things to divide us because as long as there are 10 year olds and Legos, we are going to have conflict. And sometimes I don't need another person for conflict. And so all of a sudden, something struck me about this song. What happens if we take away all of these things that they don't separate us, they differentiate us. They individualize us. They give our lives meaning. They give us our lives purpose. They give us some context in which we live. And hearing, you know, Dad share about speaking Latvian in the house, and hearing about Latvian school, and hearing about all the different things that Roberts did, you know, all of a sudden, this idea, what if we were all the same, is one of the most vapid things I have ever thought of in my life. And the reason I thought of that is because when it comes to grit, you do not get much grittier than Leonard Cohen. Um, and if you've heard him sing, you know I, that part of the grit is the way he's sings because it's something like, right? And we've all heard it. And I never had actually heard the original version by Leonard Cohen of Hallelujah until recently. And what I heard in that, through his version, as he wrestles with faith, as he wrestles with existence, as he wrestles with love, as he wrestles with all the things that heal and hurt and all the things that reside in his heart. And he brings it out in this chorus of life might have taught me that love is how to shoot faster. Love is how to outdraw people that whether or not I am healed or broken, whether or not I believe or doubt, whether or not I know whether there is a God above or it's just us, Still, with every breath, I draw hallelujah. Every breath, I draw hallelujah. And and we see in this, I, I think, a depth of not just humanity, but we see the depth of how our humanity reflects the love and the inspiration and the creative potential of the one who's creating us, the one who calls us into being with the Word, the one who from out of nothing draws breath and blows that breath into us so that we might have the opportunity for And I've come over the last several years to, to the point where I no longer think of hey, faith as anything having to do with knowing, as anything having to do with certainty. It, it's not anything that has to do with finding answers, because if there is anything I've learned about, at least what the Christian tradition is, I would actually say that there are a lot of traditions that reflect this. But especially in the Christian tradition, what we find is not Jesus who says, follow me because I have answers. Follow me because I will tell you what is going to happen. Follow me because I will give you certainty. But even even in these scriptures where Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light." He doesn't say, and I will give it all to you so that you know. He's he's basically saying what he said from the beginning, follow me. Be in relationship to me. Let's live together in the doubt and in the uncertainty and in the mess of it because there is no such thing as a relationship that isn't messy. There's really no such thing as a relationship that gives ultimate answers. Even hearing how well everyone knows him today, I I get the sense that there are still more surprises that may have been revealed. And especially in people who take no end of pleasure in surprising people. You know, there are always more surprises to come. And, and so for me, faith is a certainty. Faith is simply an openness. Faith is an openness to hope. It's an openness to possibility. It's an openness to love. It's an openness to the mystery. It's an openness to the mess that is life and relationship. Because we live in a world which God is creating, not what is neat and orderly. There's something that is messy and beautiful and frustrating and divine and amazing, and yet also in moments where we don't understand this idea that faith is not certainty. For me, that gives me such an openness to hope because when I don't know, there is possibility. And so I'm not someone who says, let me tell you about what the pearly gates look like. Because, one, I've never been there, two, I don't know if they're pearly or not. I don't know if they're physical gates. You know, what's it look like? Who knows? Nobody's told me. But I do know this, that we've been invited into this relationship, not just of faith in Jesus or faith in God or faith in whatever is larger than us, even though we gather in that hope. We've been invited also into something that I believe is the most accurate, beautiful representation of the divine that there is. The opportunity to be together in the community that we were created to be in not created. Anymore. That's the very first thing that God says after creating Adam. It's not good for the man to be alone, so let's find somebody to do with it. And in our moments of grief and pain and challenge and trouble when we wonder and we weep and we mourn what is certain is that together even though it may not always feel good knowing that we have to Love us enough to mourn for us, and then we have love that is worth mourning and we lose it, and that we have pain that is worthwhile feeling. When we feel it together because, in the, in the words that you mentioned off the stage, which is great. One of my favorite quotes lately is from Ted Lasso, where I'm going to I'm going to spoil something. They lose a game. And I won't say which game, but it's a game that they did not win. Everyone's sad about it. And Ted Lasso, the main character, says, Right now you may be sad, but you're not alone and sad. There's nothing worse than being alone and sad as me. Out of everything that we hear in scripture, in wisdom literature, and a heck of a lot of music, it's, it's this idea of in every circumstance. Knowing and hoping and praying and finding out that we are not alone, that, that speaks to us what true healing really looks like. Time doesn't heal our wounds. Time sometimes just crushes us. But in the same way that Jesus gathers with his disciples as he's about to leave and tells them these things that are important to him. He doesn't reveal to them deep theological mysteries about the Trinity. He doesn't reveal to them, you know, what all, or interpret all the laws for them. He doesn't spend time telling them which ones are the important ones to follow and which ones aren't. He spends time reminding them that where you are, God is with you. Because God is with you, I am with you. And I will not leave you orphaned, and I will not leave you alone, but I send you a helper. And the helper is that spirit, the breath of life, that draws us together in the first place. And so as we go off in this place and, and we continue with our own lives, I, I, I commend this to you. There are going to be lots of moments where you not only think of Robins, but you, you think of others who you have lost. There are going to be moments, especially during COVID, when small things feel big and big things feel huge, and the huge things feel unbelievably unmanageable. We're well, we going to have moments where we find ourselves stuck And the problem with feeling stuck is it makes us feel alone because we imagine that nobody else would possibly be feeling this way right now. In those moments, what I encourage you to do is reach out to each other. Reach out to to someone who's here or someone in your family and say, you know, I was thinking about this. And the reason I commend this to you is the last thing is this. Nobody has ever been angry at anybody for reaching out and, and saying, I was thinking about you, I was thinking about them, I wanted to talk to you because it matters to me. We all long for what is holy, which is the community that we've been given by the one who has created us. In the name of the Father and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you wish, I invite you to rise